Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with guests on the Goodyear Hotline. And we've had a thing. A thing has happened. In the last couple of minutes, a thing happened here. I have all these things I want to talk about here. I got to get to Tom Brady. I got to get to Aaron Rodgers. I got to get to the penalty kicks. I got to get to the breaking news out of the Olympics. I got a million things I need to talk about. I'm waiting if Buster might call us back with incredibly important baseball news uh, that could impact not only the New York Yankees, but the entire American League. But I have to address what just happened here. Mm. So we do this frequently on the show. I will order from, there's a place nearby, there's a deli nearby our studios here, and I will order food, and I will just, you know, order food for Brandon, for Hembo, anyone else who wants to get in on a little lunch, and they deliver it over here, and, you know, we'll eat it during a commercial break. So we ordered the food during this commercial break. I ordered myself an egg sandwich. I felt like a breakfast sandwich. I got a little egg sandwich. Hmm. You got an omelet, right? Hembo got an omelet. Brandon ordered a salad with chicken on it. Anything else? That was all that came in the order. In fact, he took the dressing on the side. And, and, and so what I think this harkens back to was the discussion we had earlier this week in which you were summarily humiliated, Hembo, by the fact that the entire world disagrees with you that a salad is not a complete meal. A salad with protein on it, which I eat for lunch almost every day, is a fantastic lunch. And your refusal to acknowledge this, I think, has humiliated you as you have been disagreed with by everyone, including your wife. Including my wife. My beautiful wife, Lizzie, on Instagram said, hashtag Team Greenie. Mm. She's sleeping with the enemy. Babe, I love you. But look, I'm doing the Lord's work over here. I'm trying to be an evangelist for all good things. Come on, help me out a little bit here. So, Brandon, I must address you on this, okay? A salad is not a standalone meal. A salad is intended only to be a side. And putting chicken in a salad is much, much worse because it makes the chicken worse and it makes the lettuce worse. I don't, if, 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 if you put it in hot, it makes the lettuce hot. Yuck. If you put it in cold, you're eating cold chicken. Yuck. It's a lose-lose across the board. This is beyond dispute. So th- this is what happened here. And I felt we needed to bring it to the <laughs> fore. And, and Brandon is staring at you with the same expression that everyone listening is, is, has on their face right now, which is, you're an idiot. I mean, there, there is nothing more delightful, especially it's about 109 degrees mm-hmm. outside in New York today. Wherever you are, I hope you're cooler than we are here because it is hot as hell. And like a nice, crisp, cold salad is just a, a, a delight on a hot day. Not by itself. And again, you're ruining the protein and the lettuce by combining the two. Okay. This is, this is your opinion. Once again, it has been made clear that everyone with any semblance of sense disagrees with you. Now, let me remind you that Major League Baseball is on ESPN Radio this weekend, we hope. Tomorrow, we got Red Sox-Yankees. Sunday night, we got Red Sox-Yankees. Again, those games kind of hang in the balance right now. We will hope for the best. And our weekend preview is brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma Money Progress starts here. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Tom Brady played the entire season with a torn MCL? I'm sorry, what? That was reported yesterday by a very credible reporter, Rick Stroud, in Tampa, who reported that Tom Brady played the entire year with a torn MCL. Now, I had two football players on TV with this morning, Rob Ninkovich and Bart Scott, poo-pooing 
the significance of that injury. They're poo-pooers. They poo-pooed. But I will just say this. They say, well, if it's a grade one, it's a grade two. A torn MCL, 43 years old, it required surgery to repair after the season. And he played as well at times as he ever has. And more to the point, he played physically better than he ever has. He threw the ball down the field more than he ever has at the age of 43. So I believe this is not something to poo-poo. I understand this is not as significant an injury as it might just sort of sound like in the abstract. I do think it raises a big question, which is, will there be an issue on the part of the league? Because never more so than now are those injury reports every single week being scrutinized. Now, you could look at it one of two ways. He played through it the entire season. It never kept him out of practice, from what we understand. He had a few veteran days off in practice that were not related to this, days he would have had off regardless of this injury, and it did not keep him out of any game. He started every game and played the entirety of every game. So it didn't have any impact on him. That said, if he has a torn MCL, that is supposed to be disclosed. So I'll be interested to see what, if anything, the league decides to do about that. But one way or another, to me, it just kind of adds to the legend of Tom Brady, and it was, it was brought up that I do my show every single day on television wearing a little plastic thimble. It's, it's not plastic, it's rubber. A little rubber thimble on one of my fingers that I use to shift through all the papers on my desk because I was getting too many paper cuts. And I found paper cuts to be challenging to work through. And so I am not one. Let, 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 let those among us who were without sin cast the first stone. <laughs> if you're wearing a little rubber thimble on your finger in order to host a television show, I don't think I can poo-poo the torn MCL. So, Bubba, let me ask you, because many may not know this, but Bubba, prior to his now storied career in radio production, Bubba was actually an orthopedic surgeon. And, and so you know as much about this sort of injury as anybody does. Bubba, are you poo-pooing the Brady torn MCL? No. You do not poo-poo? No. Tell me why. Uh, well, I mean, what, what do you mean? What, what are we going to poo-poo it? What do you mean? I mean, but both both Bart Scott and Rob Nikovich said that if it is only a grade one or grade two tear, that it's not a big deal. They poo-pooed. They poo-pooed the significance of this injury. That there are far more significant Bart injuries. And Ninkovich, both both of them did. Even Ninkovich, who who loves Brady wow, like like yeah. like his like his closest friend, even Ninkovich was like, well, here's what Ninkovich did. Nikovich took it to the continuation of the idol worship. He said, oh, Brady has played with far worse injuries than that, and then went into a description of all of the injuries that his hero played through. So he didn't diminish, he didn't poo-poo Brady's toughness, but he did poo-poo the significance of this injury. So you do not poo-poo. Yeah, you know, I think uh, if you're playing with it for one week i would say it's not really a big deal but if you're telling me even if it's a you know a grade one or whatever and you're telling me he did that for 17 weeks i yeah. think or, or 16 weeks well, i think it was more it was 20 weeks because yeah, they played exactly, yeah. they, they played a wild card I still game think and that's three playoff still games fairly significant you he know? played I mean, 20 games you know even if it's not you know the end of the it's still got to be fairly annoying on your knees so no i th- i think it's you know, it's I'm not poo-pooing that at all. I agree with that. We do not poo-poo. We are not poo-pooing Brady's injury here. One more thing I want to get in. The scoop. We talked about the the penalty kicks a lot this week. 
And the one thing I can tell you with certainty is that I never at any point said I thought the penalty kicks were boring, unentertaining, or in that regard bad for the sport. I will never stop saying they are a ridiculous way to settle a competition that you consider to have been important. That said, I will acknowledge people watch them like crazy. The final quarter hour on Sunday of Italy over England, thus the penalty kicks, reached almost 8.7 million viewers. Let me be clear on how I can put that number into some context. The All-Star game the other night had 8.2 million viewers. That's the, even if it is no longer what it once was. That's the Midsummer Night's Classic. That is the baseball All-Star game. It is, a, it is a, an intrinsic piece of Americana. We're talking about penalty kicks settling the Euros, a competition by definition that our continent is not involved in. And Italy over England had 500,000 more people watching it, watching the penalty kicks, than watch the All-Star game. The Stanley Cup final clincher, and what was that game? Five, right? It mm-hmm. went five games. It wasn't a game seven, but that had 3.6 million viewers. So more than twice as many people, basically two and a half times as many people in this country watched the penalty kicks as watched the Lightning win the Stanley Cup in that game. So I, I, I again... I do not want to put those two things together because never would I argue they are not compelling. I'm not turning them off. I'm obviously going to watch them. I actually watch them with like one eye closed. I find it excruciating. The pressure is so great that I actually find it excruciating to watch. But I I, I maintain that it is a bad way to settle this game, but I cannot argue the watchability. I I think it even... It furthers your point, those two events, the All-Star Game and the Stanley Cup Final, they were on Fox and NBC, respectively. The Euro Final was on ESPN. Right. Okay, so it was extraordinarily popular. It was a fifth, the rating was 50% higher than it was at its peak in 2016 for the event, which goes to show, even if it's not equitable and fair, it's super entertaining and sports are intended for our entertainment, so I loved it. Okay, fair enough. I'm glad you loved it. I, I, I enjoyed it as well, but what I will say is that when that thing ended... And those Italian players came pouring out there and they're celebrating. My, my initial thought, while the penalty kicks were going on, I, I was obviously riveted. The second it ended, I felt unfulfilled. Oh. I felt completely, I felt empty. Like you just ate a salad for no, lunch. No, I felt empty. I did. I felt empty. It, it, was, it was unfulfilling. It was, it, there was an emptiness. There is, in fact, a hole in me that cannot be filled. I, I will tell you right now, it continues to stay with me. Uh, as we continue, we'll give you the green light here on, on all the other things going on around the world of baseball. And if you think all championships are considered equal, I can prove you are absolutely wrong. And I will do it next, right here on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? 
Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Previously on Greeny. Penalty kicks are to soccer what overtime is to college football, which is to say it's exciting, but it is a completely ridiculous way to determine the outcome of something important. Here's the deal. If you are one who does not like the idea of putting a runner on second base in extra innings, how can you defend this nonsense? I stand by all of that. I don't care what the TV rating was, and I know the TV rating was enormous for the penalty kicks. More people watch the penalty kicks in this country than watch the baseball all-star game. Two and a half number of the people that watch the penalty kicks versus the clinching game of the Stanley Cup final. I get it. I never said it wasn't watchable. But boy, it's a bad way to settle something that matters. That's the Weekly Rewind brought to you by Dell. Upgrade your business during Dell Technologies Black Friday in July event. Get savings up to 50% off and take your office with you, Windows 10 Pro. Call one, call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor. All right, I have some breaking news. You may have heard yesterday that Bradley Beal is out of the Olympics um, and that is because of COVID protocol. Now Woj is reporting that Kevin Love is withdrawing from Team USA as well and will not travel to Tokyo. This is not COVID-related. I'll read you Woj's consecutive tweets. After spending 10 days in Vegas preparing for the Olympics, Kevin Love is withdrawing from Team USA, won't travel to Tokyo. He is still returning to full form from a right calf injury that kept him out of a significant part of the NBA season. The agent Jeff Schwartz with a statement that says, from Kevin Love, I am incredibly disappointed to not be heading to Tokyo with Team USA, but you need to be at absolute peak performance to compete at the Olympic level, and I'm just not there. So that's a shame that Kevin Love is not going to be able to go, and Bradley Beal is not going to be able to go, and I I have a bad feeling we're going to see a few more of those before we get there. Remember, the opening ceremonies are a week from Friday. Speaking of that briefly, Novak Djokovic confirms he is going to play in the Olympics. And if he wins, and he will be the overwhelming favorite to win the gold medal, then he stands a chance to have one of the greatest years that any athlete has ever had. He has a chance to win what is known as the Golden Slam. I I remember when Steffi Graf did that in 1988. She won the gold medal in Seoul, South Korea in the same year that she won all four slams, all four of tennis's majors. To the best of my knowledge, no male tennis player has ever done it. There are very few men who have ever won the Grand Slam in a calendar year. Extraordinarily few. 
And so not only is Djokovic, I think it's been 52 years since that's happened at all, taking the Olympics out of the conversation. So Djokovic has a chance to win a golden slam if he wins the gold and then comes here to New York this fall and winds up winning the U.S. Open. We will see. We put together just a little list of the greatest seasons we can think of any athletes having. Tiger in 2000 won nine tour events, won three consecutive majors. He actually had the Tiger Slam for a while because if you wrapped around to the following year, he had all four at the same time, but didn't do it in any one calendar year. Wayne Gretzky in 82 had 212 total points with a, a still single season record, 92 goals. Uh, Will Chamberlain averaged 50 points in a season. There, there are any number of different great years, and there's no reason to get sidetracked into all of that. But I, I just think it's worth mentioning. Keep an eye on Djokovic, because over the next six weeks or whatever that is, September, two months, he has a chance to conclude what would be one of the greatest seasons that any athlete in any sport has ever had. Uh, in the meantime, I, I think this is worth getting into. Let, let's call it, well, let's call it the scoop. The scoop. The, the value of one championship. So the Chicago Cubs have begun selling off their parts. They sold off Jock Peterson yesterday. They traded him to Atlanta. That's nothing. Over the course of the next two weeks, they're going to trade off Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant, who I think will always be the two most beloved players on the 2016 Cubs, who were the ones who broke the 108-year streak and everything else. And I can tell you, with the connection that I have to the city of Chicago, in case there's anyone listening who doesn't know, I went to college in in the Chicagoland area. I then worked in the media market there for seven years. So I lived in Chicago for 11 years. I met and married my wife there. I still consider it to be a a second home. The, the, The affection that the sports fans of the city of Chicago have for the 2016 Cubs is, is, is up there with anything I've ever known. And the simple reason is because there was a century of buildup to it. And I think part of the other reason is that they were so young and likable. That was this incredibly young, all homegrown team. Basically, everywhere you looked on that team, you had a homegrown player. And so the fact that they are now breaking this thing up five years later and that what they accomplished was only one championship I really believe that would be viewed very differently if that one championship wasn't that championship. Which is to say, I do not believe, and I'd be interested in hearing from, you know, the Waddle and Sylvies of the world and all the listeners in Chicago. I don't think that this group will be criticized. I think they will actually be revered in the memory of their fans despite the fact that I think if you step outside of that and look at the era, it could be described as a disappointment. That should have been a dynasty. That's a dynastic team. In some ways, they're very much like the 85 Bears. The 85 Bears won the Super Bowl. They were the single best team I've ever seen. For any one given season, the 85 Bears are the best football team I ever saw. And the fact that they only win one championship is is an enormous disappointment, but they are beloved in, in that town. And, and, and anyone in Chicago will tell you, you can still name every member of that team. They've all remained celebrities locally. It's not just Mike Ditka and, and, and you know, obviously Walter is no longer with us, but you know what I mean. The, the 2016 Cubs, I think, will always be remembered that way, but I think that shows to show you that not all championships are created equal because I think that team is, is going to be beloved Without any of the negative stuff. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't think that, that, that any of the disappointment is going to stick to them. 
So I brought that up to Buster, and he made an interesting point about it on TV with me this morning. There's no doubt about it. In 20 years, as one member of that team told me last week, you will have players on this team look back and ask the question, why didn't we accomplish more? Why didn't we win another championship? Why didn't we get close again? Uh, and it's something that I think is going to hang over these players as they move on into retirement. You know, it's really interesting because when you look at some other dynasties, you know, the Giants won three championships in five years, the Warriors won three out of four, the Patriots won three out of five. When you look at this team, they were so set up, so set up. But I believe the disappointment for not having achieved more will be greater amongst the guys who didn't do it than the fans. Mm. Does that make sense? It does, but I'm not sure. I, I think for the fans, it matters more how old you are. What, what I mean is, if you're Bill Murray or Eddie Vedder, or you're someone who was a long-suffering Cubs fan, drinking your sorrows away in the bleachers in the 60s and 70s and 80s, I think you're satisfied no matter what. If you're my age, and you grew up seeing those dynasties that you just said, and, and have had the chance in 2016 to watch a 24-year-old Chris Bryant, a 26-year-old Anthony Rizzo, a 23-year-old Javier Baez, a 24-year-old Wilson Contreras. And not only did you only win one, <laughs> you did only barely win one, and you didn't get close again. I think some younger fans actually probably will look at it as something of a disappointment. It's an interesting question, but it, it does go back to my original thesis that not all championships are created equal. And um, I think this one was so special. And I, happened to, I, I flew to town for another event on the Friday that they had the World Series celebration. And let me tell you, <laughs> I lived in Chicago 11 years. I've, I've, I saw six Bulls championships. I've never seen anything like that town when the Cubs won it. So I think that factors into it one way or the other. It's a shame. It's a shame to see it getting broken up the way that it is. We'll finish it up with who you got coming up next. Don't miss it. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Our guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline, and in 30 seconds, it's a tradition unlike any other here on ESPN Radio. Bubba will finish up our week with who you got. We go all around the world of sports and well beyond with a variety of binary propositions in which I will make my choices. We will do that in 30 seconds after this word 
from Rumble On. Does the thought of selling your motorcycle, ATV, or vehicle already make you exhausted? There's no need to keep putting it off because RumbleOn.com makes selling easy. You'll have a cash offer in minutes and a free pickup. Harley, Polaris, Can-Am, Yamaha, trade-in or sell. Rumble On will pay cash no matter what the make or model. See what Rumble On can do for you by visiting RumbleOn.com. Fast bikes, faster cash. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, who you got every Friday afternoon? Here's how we wrap up our week as Bubba goes through all the stories that are taking place inside and outside the world of sports. And as only he can, he presents them to me, and I have to tell him who I've got. And again, I will remind all of you, that Bubba knows what he's doing here when it comes to this. Before his career in, in broadcasting, uh, Bubba actually administered lie detector tests for the CIA. So he has extraordinary experience in asking uh, really meaningful and impactful questions. So, Bubba, take it away. Yeah, you're actually not supposed to talk about it when you're in the CIA, so I'd rather you not. But you're out of that. it now. Like, you can, you can nah. talk about it when you're no longer you in this. You think I'm out of it. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's a good point. Mm. I'm glad you're keeping a close eye on Devin. Okay. <laughs> what, what have we got? Who you got? Brought to you by Granger. Let's start with the NBA because we got Bucks Suns game five, as we've been talking about. It's tomorrow. It's on ABC. Also right here on ESPN Radio. The series is tied at two. So who you got in this one? Well, we opened the show today by saying this is a, a, a clash of two things. It is a clash of home court advantage versus momentum. The Bucks have the momentum. The series has become very Bucksy, as Zach Lowe said. Obviously, the Suns have home court advantage both tomorrow night and in the remainder of the series. I will go back to what Phil Jackson told me 20-whatever it was years ago when I covered those championship teams, well, closer to 30 years ago. When I covered Phil's championship teams in Chicago, he always said he liked being on the road. He felt better when his team was on the road. Gets away from a ton of distractions, all the family and the tickets and everything else. It's just you and the team in a hotel and you're sort of sequestered and and it's you against the world, both inside and outside the arena. His teams went 35 and 17 on the road during their six title winning seasons in the playoffs. Obviously, they had all kinds of experience and all sorts of other things that these Bucks don't have. But I think the Bucks have figured this out. Mm. I think the Bucs have figured out they've gotten to Chris Paul. I think they're wearing him down. I think their offense has figured it out. I, I believe in Chris Middleton. Giannis is going to do whatever it takes to win. If he needs to score 40, he will. If he needs to make one of the great defensive plays you've ever seen, he will. Jalen Rose told us on TV this morning that whoever wins tomorrow night wins the championship, and I agree. I think the Bucks win a close game tomorrow night, and they wind up coming home and winning the championship at home in Game 6 Next Tuesday. Let me throw it around the horn before we go on with who you got. Uh, tomorrow night's game. Nuno, I'm asking you the same question Bubba just asked me. Who you got? Uh, Bucks win. Tomorrow night. You got the Bucks winning. Close or not close? I think it'll be a close game, but Bucks win and close it out at home. Okay, fair enough. Bubba, I'm turning the tables on you answering, asking the questions. Who wins tomorrow night? I got the Suns winning tomorrow night. And, and why is that? Because as I said, I got the I got all the home teams winning, so the Suns are going to win tomorrow. Then the Bucks, 
and then the Suns in Game 7. Okay, fair enough. How about you, Devin? Who you got tomorrow night? Suns are going to win. Chris Paul will have a uh, bounce-back game. Chris Paul, bounce-back game. Hembo, who you got? I'm going with Bubba. Whether or not he's still in the CIA, I don't know, but I do know that the Suns are going to win tomorrow night. All right, I got this. So we're split down the middle. We will see what happens. It's who you got with Bubba on ESPN Radio. Bubba, what's next? All right, to the NFL and Patriots quarterback Cam Newton was here on ESPN Radio with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Wednesday morning. And he said he knows this season is put-up-or-shut-up time. Who you got starting more games for New England this year, Cam or Mac Jones? I hate this question, and I'll tell you why I hate it. Because I am obligated to answer it honestly. Again, Bubba with his experience, lie detector, etc. I'm obligated to answer this honestly. But the honest answer to this makes me kind of sad. Because unfortunately, and he's only 32 years old, I think we've seen the end of Cam. I I think we've seen the best of him. And I think his time as a great NFL player, unfortunately, is over. And it is a cautionary tale. And at least one person was yelling and screaming about it all during his time in Carolina. That they're letting this guy get hit too much. And the officials didn't do him any good with that either. The officials let him get hit the way quarterbacks traditionally don't get hit. But one way or another... At a time when NFL quarterbacks are playing to age 40 and beyond, I think Cam Newton's days as a starting quarterback are behind him. I believe Mac Jones will be the starting quarterback there early in the season, if not week one. Um, and I, I, I feel sad saying that because I like Cam. I've always, I liked him in college. I've always liked his career. And I, I'd like to see him have like a big second act like Kurt Warner did and Peyton Manning did and so many other quarterbacks who are much older than he is now did. But I don't see it happening. I think Mac Jones will start far more games for them this season, possibly including week one. It's who you got with Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, what's next? All right, who you got as the biggest threat to Pat Mahomes' MVP this season? Okay, so this is a really good question. Mahomes, of course, is not the reigning MVP. He is the favorite to win the MVP, but he's not the reigning MVP. Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP. Lamar Jackson, I think, won at the year. I'm losing my years here, right? It was Lamar before that, and before that was Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And and that's the reason why I say not only do I think – I don't believe Mahomes wins it. I I would name me three or four people that I think are likelier to win it. Hmm. I think the Chiefs are going to take a small step backward. Doesn't mean they're not still a great team, in fact, the team to beat, but I do not believe they're going to be 15-2 and I think they're going to be something like 13-4. and four. I think they're going to get a real push in their own division. I think the L.A. Chargers are going to have a huge year. They were – I don't have the stat in front of me, but the number of games they lost last year by one possession was, like, ridiculous. They were, like, 10 plays away from, from winning 12 games last year. I've heard unbelievably good things about the coaching staff. They've remade the offensive line, which was atrocious last year. Justin Herbert, under adverse circumstances, was fabulous. So I think the Chargers are going to push the Chiefs, and I think Justin Herbert has an excellent chance to be another second-year quarterback winning the MVP. Mahomes was a second-year quarterback and won MVP. Lamar Jackson was a second-year quarterback and won MVP. So I will go Justin Herbert. And then there's a whole list of other people that I would put in the discussion. Josh Allen's name certainly has to be in the discussion. I I do not believe that Mahomes is going to win it this year. Greeny with ESPN Radio and who you got. Bubba, what's next? All right, A.J. Hawk spent a week with Aaron Rodgers recently, and he does think Rodgers will return to the Packers. So for our weekly Aaron update, who you got starting week one for Green Bay? 
Boy, I, I, I vacillate on this one so much. I mean, we've done, needless to say, a lot of this on the television show. And it feels like every piece of information we get is contrary to the one that we had before. What I will go back to was Shefty yesterday, because at the end of the day, you know, Shefty, I will listen to him before I will listen to anybody else. And I mean, literally, aside from Aaron Rodgers. And Shefty does not sound optimistic. Shefty basically said if they don't rework something with his contract, and we're not talking about money, we're talking about his ability to leave on his own terms when he chooses to, that he doesn't see him showing up. And then I got all these former players sitting there talking about, well, when Jordan Love, when they're 0-2 with Love as their quarterback, that's two months from now. So I believe the week one starter is going to be Jordan Love, unless it's Blake Bortles. I I mean, I, I have to believe if Rodgers doesn't come, does that sound right? Does Bortles start week one or does Love start week one? It's got to be Love. I bet Love would. It's got to be Love. It's got to be. you, you got to sort of turn that page. They've said good things about what he was doing in those mini camps, but they were always going to say good things no matter what actually happened. I believe Jordan Love is the answer to your question. Mm. I think he will start week one for the Green Bay Packers. You, do you disagree? I do disagree. You think Rodgers will start? He's coming back. All right. Bubba, what do you think? I think it's going to be Jordan Love. Okay, that's wow. two votes for Love. Devin, what do you think? I'm going Aaron Rodgers. All right, so it's two and two. What do you think, Nuno? Break the tie. I don't think Rodgers has the guts not to show up. Rodgers will be this week oh. one starting quarterback. Oh. Nuno is unbelievable. Nuno has been dagger annihilating uh, Aaron Rodgers in the Google Doc. <laughs> in the greeny Google Doc, in which um, Nuno just sits constantly and editorializes every story that he suggests that I do. I mean, if you're a prominent player or a coach in Wisconsin, you have no shot to be on Nuno's good side. He, he, said, he said earlier, that, where, where is it? Oh, I, I think I may have deleted it by now. But earlier in the week you had in there, is anyone else getting sick of his act? <laughs> that, was Nuno's, that was Nuno's suggestion to me as to what, what, a story that we should be talking about. Nuno just asked aloud, is anyone else getting sick of his act? All right, we will see. We'll see what his guts actually are. <laughs> Greeny and ESPN Radio's who you got. Go ahead, Bubba. What's next? All right, speaking <laughs> of all-time glorious, great quarterbacks, friend of the show, Dan Orlovsky, tweeted, quote, white pizza greater than pepper- pepperoni pizza. So, okay. interesting. Uh, no, no, not interesting. Not interesting. Disgraceful. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, mean, disgraceful. I love Danny. Danny is one of my favorites. He is one of I. I call all these guys that you know sort of got their careers rolling on on, on our show in the mornings. They're like my nephews. I love Dan Orlovsky, but his food takes. Yeah, he's got some ridiculous. Ones. They're they're embarrassing. I mean, they're hideous. And this is the worst one of all. Pizza without tomato sauce is no longer pizza. If you are eating white pizza and you are not allergic to tomatoes, then just be aware. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. White pizza is grotesque. It is, it is not pizza. And it is, it is, a, that is a, that is the worst take he's ever had. That's a guy who had Carson Wentz to be the MVP last year. And, and, but the white pizza is by far the worst take it's he's also, ever had. It's also very confusing because pepperoni is merely a topping. Right. So, so I was, it actually confused me a lot. Well, I, mean, I, I guess he means he would rather eat the white pizza, that, that, with that mean, which means with no sauce. But he's not saying cheese pizza is better than pepperoni pizza, right? He's saying 
white so- like pizza without the tomato sauce is better than pizza with tomato sauce that happens to have pepperoni on it. I assume he it. knows that. Like white pizza but is I don't a know thing. That. White yes. pizza is a yes, thing. Yes, and I've had it. So if you are getting pizza that does not have a topping on it, that's just called cheese pizza. Right. That is not called that's, white pizza. Okay. White pizza is its own thing, and it's an awful thing. It is a thing that, in my opinion, should no longer be called pizza. It should be called, I don't know, it's, it's, like a, it's a bread and cheese. But it's nothing else. You pepperoni on white pizza. And, and it's something else now. That has, become, that has become like a calzone. But even a calzone has the tomato sauce. What even is? I don't even know what it is. But to be clear, it's like, a, it's like a disgusting flatbread that no one should eat. Anyway, one way or the other, I hate Orlovsky's take. Was that the question? Well, I believe white pizza is called Pizza Bianca. In, in Rome, which is where pizza, you know. That was in our Google Doc. Might be from. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Maybe, maybe Dan's on to something. I don't know. Oh, no, he's not on. He's, he's on something, but he's yeah. not on to something. I'll tell you but that. But no, I want to know who you got as your favorite type of pizza. Well, see, you have to break up pizza into two subsets. There's what I would describe as New York-style pizza and Chicago-style pizza. And they're so different that you can't, you can't compare them. So Chicago, the deep dish style pizza, which everyone always associates, there are a bunch of legendary places in Chicago, Gino's and, and Lou Malnati's and Pizzeria Uno. And the one that I worked at in college was called Carmen's Pizza in Evanston. I was a waiter there and I loved it. And at the end of the night, at the end of our shift, we would get to order a small individual sized pizza mm. and th- that we'd have that for free. So every night I ordered spinach, pepperoni and extra sauce, extra sauce. Forget about no sauce extra sauce and that was my and remains my favorite uh chicago style pizza okay. deep dish pizza. how about new york i, I usually just get a, a slice of cheese i, I usually okay. will just get one or two slices um and everyone makes fun of me because i'll eat them with a fork uh but but i i do because i don't like to get it on my fingers but I, that, I i usually just eat cheese but i will eat pepperoni sausage mushroom when i was a kid i never cared for the anchovy anchovy is no. a big new york topping no. That, that I don't eat. And I don't eat all the new stuff. Like nowadays, pizza places in the city will have broccoli, artichoke. I don't, I don't, I'm sure it's all good. Like, I think I would like it, but I just don't do it. That doesn't feel like pizza anymore. And if you put pineapple on a pizza, just be aware we're not friends. Pineapple pizza or white pizza? What would you rather eat? Again, neither one of them are pizza. Neither one of those things are a pizza. Once you put pineapple on a pizza, it ceases to be a pizza. Bubba's with us doing Who You Got. What's next? All right. Three years ago yesterday, November Rain by Guns N' Roses became the first video from the 90s to pass a billion views on YouTube. (laughs) Who You Got as your favorite music video. Can I just say you're my favorite person because only you find things that happened three years ago yesterday. You know, like this. There's just such a beauty in the way you research this feature that I really enjoy. I, in fact, I got so distracted. Three years ago yesterday, it, it's yeah. not, it, But it didn't just, it's not like it came out three years ago yesterday. It hit a YouTube threshold three years <laughs> yeah, ago a billion yesterday. views. That's a, the first one to do that. It was a huge milestone. <laughs> but, but let me say, I was so sidetracked by that, I, I, I forgot the question. What did you, what did you actually ask what me? What is your favorite music video? Oh, that's so hard to say. See, I go back to the earliest days of MTV. The earliest days of MTV, the videos were really good, in part because they were so new. And there were a lot of them that were kind of groundbreaking. Like there was that famous AHA video for Take On Me that was oh, that's good. in the form yeah, yeah. of a cartoon or that. a comic book, I should say. But if I'm going to pick one, I will go Michael Jackson Thriller because that right. really elevated the art form into something else entirely. Like that was a movie. My- Michael Jackson, they-, they made a movie about that song that featured that song. And I think it really sort of 
took music videos from what they had been to something completely different. So um, in, in out of respect for what that video was, I will go Michael Jackson Thriller. All right, I wish we'd gotten a lot more of these Who You Gots in there. I really always enjoy these. Bubba, give me a sponsorship. Who You Got brought to you by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger is always there to help. Call, clickranger.com, or just stop by. Bubba, I have only one more thing to say to you. Do you know what that is? Have a good weekend. Oh, jeez. Bubba does not like to have a good weekend. Hey, thanks. To one and all, have a good weekend. Enjoy all the sports. And we will be back in Better Than Ever, same time, same place, Monday on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.